Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It was the post-Royal Rumble edition of Monday Night Raw, the final Raw here for the month of January. And we had not one but two elimination matches, elimination chamber matches, announced for the next pay-per-view. One of which is going to be contested for the first time ever for the United States Championship. The other one is going to crown a number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship. And we were supposed to get a Bianca Belair promo on this show tonight. I'm not sure exactly what happened uh, because there was no Bianca Belair promo. Not a good look coming one week after they cut the Becky Lynch-Bailey steel cage match. And a lot of people were very upset about that. To cut the segment involving your Raw Women's Champion when midway through the show you announced that she was going to make it appear. So I don't know where Bianca is. Maybe Alexa Bliss attacked her. Maybe Uncle Howdy kidnapped her. We don't know. We don't know. But the reason they're doing an Elimination Chamber match uh, to crown a number one contender for the Raw Women's title is because Rhea Ripley has made her choice. She came out tonight and she announced that at WrestleMania she is going to challenge Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She's trying to get redemption for her loss at WrestleMania three years ago, a loss that did not do her career any favors. It was a loss that it took her a very long time to recover from. But what I find most interesting about this And the WrestleMania card has not come into full focus yet, but I think at this point we have a pretty good sense of what the WrestleMania card is looking like. It is very possible, it is entirely possible, that Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley are going to headline night one of WrestleMania. Now, that could change if, let's say, they strike a deal with Stone Cold Steve Austin to have a match on the show or something big like that, but that's kind of what it's looking like right now. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes will headline night two. And my guess is the match penciled in for the main event of night one, Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. But to go back to the U.S. title, the fact that Austin Theory is defending his United States championship inside the chamber, uh, I think is designed to get the belt off of him ahead of a WrestleMania match with John Cena. That's what I think is going on here. Now, could he defend the U.S. title against John Cena if he's wrestling Cena at WrestleMania? Absolutely. And John Cena is a former United States champion. Remember the U.S. title open challenge? It's actually a great gimmick. But that match does not need the United States championship. Why does John Cena have to wrestle somebody for the U.S. title? My guess is this is being done as a way to get the belt off of him ahead of that match. Uh, Because frankly, if you think about it, I mean, if you think logically about this, You know, for Austin Theory, beating John Cena at WrestleMania is a much bigger spot for him to be in than to be uh, keeping or defending the United States Championship. I think we can all agree on that. But Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed have all qualified for the chamber as of tonight. 
Uh, Theory, obviously, is in the match as well. Next week, Angelo Dawkins is going to be wrestling Damian Priest. Montez Ford is going to be beating, oh, I'm sorry, facing uh, Elias to fill the final two spots in the chamber match. Over on the women's side, we already have four women who have placed in the chamber even without qualifying matches because Adam Pearce went and took the final four women from this year's Women's Royal Rumble match, Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Asuka, and Nikki Cross, and has placed them in the chamber match. Yes, that includes, by the way, two women from SmackDown. Uh, So they are already in the uh, qualifying match. That means that we have two spots left, one of which is going to be determined by a fatal four-way match next week, and that will then leave one spot open uh, to complete the pack. Uh, Let me just, before we even go any further, I want to give a shout-out to my boy, the Mount Vernon Kid, one of our Sound Off superstars, and to Power Blind, who's also a brand-new channel member. Hey, Power Blind, I salute you. This is this is my power salute to Power Blind. I will also tell you that Nick Grasso dropped one of our new uh, Bane Super Chats on me, and I had the program open. Before we went live tonight, I was getting everything ready. And as Super Chats come in, they do still trigger and pop up on screen. So I'm getting ready to go live. I'm getting everything situated here. And all of a sudden, I hear hear the Bane voice, and I I think I may have peed a little bit. Okay? It scared the shit out of me. So, Nick, I I appreciate it, uh, but you almost gave me a heart attack. Cody Rhodes. Back in action here for the first time in about seven months on Monday Night Raw. Winning the Royal Rumble on Saturday night. He was in the main event tonight against Finn Balor. And uh, we had two former Bullet Club members here in the main event. And I can't really say two former Bullet Club leaders. Can can you really call Cody a leader of the Bullet Club? I don't think he would be considered a leader. So we'll say two former Bullet Club members. First time ever match here in the main event on Raw tonight. Uh, And we had Edge and Beth Phoenix, who appeared at the Rumble on Saturday. They made the Judgment Day their target. They came back out again tonight at the end of the show. Well, Edge was out at the beginning of the show, too. But it was Edge and Beth yet again coming out to go after the Judgment Day. Cody gave a little salute to Edge and Beth. And it looks like that may be what keeps Cody occupied between now and WrestleMania Elimination Chamber. Uh, Looks like we may be in for a six-person tag. Maybe with Beth Phoenix on one side and Rhea Ripley on the other. Uh, I thought this was a better show than Raw 30 last week. I enjoyed this show more than I did the show last week. I thought it was more... Uh, focused. I thought everything had a purpose. Uh, it is incredible how it does help to have matches with stakes, as we had here tonight, three different qualifying matches uh, for the Elimination Chamber. And also, you know, it's good to get somebody like Cody back on the show. That's a big name for Monday Night Raw to have back on the show. The man who is going to challenge in the main event of WrestleMania for the championship. No bloodline on the show tonight. There were no bloodline developments. You didn't have Sami Zayn. Well, I didn't expect Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens anyway. No Usos, no Roman Reigns. So when you don't have the bloodline, you don't have Brock Lesnar, and you're missing big names like that, it helps to get a big name back like Cody Rhodes. Uh, And so that is a big uh, feather in their cap that they're able to get him back when they did. So I thought this was a good show. I thought this was a good show, and it went by quicker than it usually does here tonight. This is your Monday Night Raw review. It is Monday, January 30th, 2023. You know me. I know you. 
And uh, let's get right into this here, because this was the post-Royal Rumble edition of Raw. There have been some uh, moments on post-Rumble Raws. I mean, the first moment I can remember was 1996. After Vader made his debut at the Royal Rumble, he made his Raw debut, and he ended up beating up Gorilla Monsoon. And a young Sala monster was mortified by what he saw. It was quite the way to debut Vader, and then he went away. He went away because he had shoulder problems, and that really was not good for his career because he was never really the same beast that he was that first night in. So there were no uh, beatdowns to Adam Pierce, unfortunately, tonight. Adam Pierce, by the way, Adam Pierce gets more television time than all of the members of the Bloodline combined. He has become the most valuable on-air persona in this company. What would they do without him? How much airtime does this guy get every single week? It's amazing. You know, Vince McMahon is actually able to make a deal to sell this company. I mean, he ought to just sell the fucking thing to Adam Pierce. It's incredible. We open, though, not with Adam Pierce. We open with the winner of the men's Royal Rumble match, Cody Rhodes. His very first appearance live on Monday Night Raw since June. He was in a suit because, of course, he was. He sleeps in that suit. The crowd chanted, You deserve it. He said he's not the same person that he was when he started with this company, but he's thought a lot about when he started way back when. In Ohio Valley Wrestling, way back when, when OVW was still a developmental territory for WWE, he said he thought to himself that he would be WWE champion within two years of debuting in OVW. Oh, young, naive Cody, to be so young and naive again. So he said that uh, he was also delusional enough to believe that he would be the next John Cena. Cody said that if he could write a letter to his 19-year-old self, he wondered whether he would tell him things like, hey, you're going to be dashing, you're going to be giving out grooming tips, and you're going to be dressing yourself up in face paint and all, all the different things that he was doing back then. He wondered if he would tell his younger self that in 2015 he would do what everybody told him not to do. Or that he would become the first in his family to punch his ticket to go to the main event of WrestleMania. He said, truth be told, I would not tell 19-year-old me anything. He said that everything he's gone through has been 100% worth it. He said he heard the fans, you know, when he came out, singing his entrance song, Kingdom. Which he says he has taken everywhere with him. He will continue to take everywhere with him. What does that mean? Let the rumors begin. Cody back to AEW. You know, there were people who still, even after Cody went to WWE last year, still didn't believe that he was truly with WWE. They they thought he was an insider. He was a mole. Tony Khan sent to infiltrate the company. So I guess if these people are to be believed, after Cody wins the championship, he's going to take it back to AEW with him. So we should expect to see Cody back on Dynamite, I guess, in a few months with both belts over his shoulder. Cody said that uh, he heard fans singing his song. He said that the first words in the song are his own. Wrestling has more than one royal family. He said, Cody said WWE has more than one royal family. 
He said that in order for that to be true, he has to stand across from an entire bloodline. And he has to stand across from the tribal chief. That being Roman Reigns. And the fans booed and they started a Roman sucks chant. He said that WrestleMania was in 62 days. Said Reigns could still be the tribal chief. He could still be the head of the table. But one thing that he will not be is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. And with that, his music played. Notice, he said, WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. Because I know there's a lot of people who think WWE is going to where they should split the titles before WrestleMania. They're not splitting the titles before WrestleMania. Just give up the ghost on that. It's not happening. We're this close to WrestleMania. The titles are not being split. So the Judgment Day's music interrupted. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic. Dominic Danger. They all walked out. Dominic said that Cody ruined their Royal Rumble plans, even though Rhea, right, Mommy, as he likes to call her, won the women's Royal Rumble match. But he ruined their plans in the men's match. Balor made a crack about something happening to Rey Mysterio, but they quickly moved on from it. But they alluded to the fact that Dominic had beaten him up, which is why Ray did not come out when they called his number. When Dominic came out, he had Ray's mask. But they quickly moved on from it. So Dominic told Cody, you know what would happen if you did that in prison, what they did to, you know, what he did to the Judgment Day in the Royal Rumble? Do you know what would happen if you did that in prison? And uh, he said that you wouldn't be standing there right now. You would have got got. That's right. That's right, ex-condom. Letting Cody know the truth about how it is on the inside in the pokey. But Dominic told Cody that he owed him an apology. Cody cut him off. And he asked him, are you trying to scare me straight? Hardy har har. He said that he has an immense amount of respect for Dom's dad. Dominic said that he doesn't have respect for Ray. uh, Or anyone else's dad, including Cody's dad. Crowd chanted, kick his ass. Cody said that he could play it safe before WrestleMania. He could try to stay healthy or he could try to kick his ass. And he said, any of the three members of the Judgment Day, let's do it tonight. And before they had a chance to respond, Edge's music hit. He ran out like a wild man to continue with his beatdown of the Judgment Day from Saturday. Cody left the ring. He joined in on the attack. Big brawl. They went to break. When they came back from commercial, they made it official. Our main event tonight in the uh, final segment, Cody Rhodes one-on-one against Finn Balor. So I thought this was fine. A fine uh, promo from uh, Cody. Uh, He didn't cry, which is good. But, you know, more than that, the the crowd took to him just fine. Because I know there were some people saying, oh, you know, because Sami Zayn, he's the biggest star in the company right now. He's so over. Uh, it's you know the wrong move to put Cody in the match with Roman at WrestleMania and have him win the Rumble. He's not, you know, he's not that over and all this other nonsense. The crowd took to him just fine in this segment. There was no rejection of him because they like Sammy or they feel like it's Sammy's time and it's not Cody's time. They've taken their time week by week with those video packages to tell the story of Cody and to tell the story of the injury at Hell in a Cell. That performance at Hell in a Cell in June made it, it created a situation where this guy is a made man. 
What are you doing tonight, Batman? That's the voice that scared the shit out of me. What are you doing tonight, When you're not expecting it, you hear that. It's like, where's that coming from? Thank you, Zachariah. I'm going to get to your super chat in a little bit. Cody was a made man going into that hell in a cell. Half his fucking body was purple. Great matches with Seth Rollins. He was over then. And they took their time one by one, week by week, with those video packages to tell his story. And again, I, I, I think it was a mistake to send him in there at number 30. They should have sent him in there a little bit earlier. The... Logic of the entire thing was backwards when you have Cody as the babyface entering at number 30 and winning and eliminating the heel who went all the way from number one. But I would have at least sent Cody in there, you know, mid-20s, 25 to 28, something like that, just to take away, yeah, just to take away the element of predictability at the very end. Uh, But even at the Rumble on Saturday, you know, when he won, big pot for it. No rejection of Cody, no booing or anything like that. He comes out tonight. You deserve it. So, you know, I would like to think that that puts to rest this this argument that, uh, you know, he's not over enough for the spot. I also thought it was very smart sending out Dominic in the Judgment Day. Dominic is a heat magnet right now. And maybe WWE thought to themselves, you know what? We don't want to take a chance of sending him out there live at the beginning of the show in the off chance that maybe that crowd doesn't respond favorably to him. So why don't we just send the Judgment Day out there? Because it's guaranteed heat. You, I mean, it almost doesn't even matter who you send out there with Dominic. Dominic is going to get booed out of the building. And the people are going to want to see the babyface kick his ass. So I thought that was actually, whether that was part of their calculus or not, and I think it was. Uh, I, thought that was uh, I thought that was very smart. But again, they don't, uh, they don't have anything to worry about. For all the people who say that Cody is not over for the push that he's getting, he's not over enough to be in the spot that he's in. Uh, These people, you know, they like to pretend that he's not over enough for the push that he's getting. And so far, they have proven those people wrong. And I don't see there being any issue between now and WrestleMania. We had our first of three qualifying matches for the U.S. title Elimination Chamber match here on this show. Seth Rollins, the former United States champion, one-on-one with Chad Gable. Corey Graves said that Rollins is worried about not having a path again to WrestleMania. This is the same story they did with him a year ago. So I don't know if they're just rehashing this story. He has a chance to go to WrestleMania as the U.S. champion, but if he doesn't, it sounds like they may be doing the same storyline with him two years in a row. Gable targeted the left knee of Rollins. Eventually Rollins rallied, hit a buckle bomb. Gable went for a suplex. Rollins landed on his feet. Super kicked him. Rollins got a falcon arrow for a near fall. Rollins continued to sell the knee. He missed the stomp. He went for a pedigree. Gable countered into a pin for a two count. So they were trading rapid fire pin attempts back and forth. Gable powered up Rollins. He slammed him face down with a cliffhanger DDT. Covered him for a near fall. Gable then lowered the straps like he was Jerry Lawler in Memphis. Pulled down the straps, went for a suplex. Rollins stuffed it. Gable ducked an enziguri. He countered into an ankle lock. Rollins rolled uh, Gable into a pin to break the hold. Gable, though, reapplied the ankle lock. He's like a little bulldog in there. He wouldn't give up. Rollins escaped it. Or what did uh, what did Vince McMahon call AJ Styles? 
when uh, he first debuted. They, they, everyone has to get a nickname. So they gave him some kind of dog name. What did they call him? Remind me in the chat. What, what was the nickname when AJ first came in? It wasn't Bulldog, right? It was um, Pitbull. I, I don't remember. He gave him some stupid name. Surprised they don't give it to, to Gable here. Rollins escaped again, though, and he hit the pedigree. Now, he sold the knee for a few seconds. He didn't immediately go for the pin. But you're not hitting the fucking pedigree on Chad Gable and having Chad Gable kick out. It's just, it just wasn't going to happen. So even though it was delayed by a few seconds, eventually Rollins crawled over and he got the pin to qualify for the chamber match. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No mystery regarding the outcome here. Uh, but really good for the time they gave it, which was right around 10 minutes. Uh, Chad Gable deserves better. He's getting television time, which is great, uh, but Chad Gable deserves better. But look, at the end of the day, if it's a choice between Seth Rollins and Chad Gable for who is going to be in one of your elimination chamber matches at the next pay-per-view, it ain't going to be Chad Gable. It's going to be Seth Rollins in that spot. You go with your stars, Rollins is the star. That's the choice. Uh, it does feel to me, because now it's been ha- going on for months now, that Rollins has been in contention for or defending the United States Championship. He's been in the U.S. title hunt for a while. This is one of the problems with them still having the two titles unified on Roman Reigns, is that if they don't want Seth Rollins back with Roman Reigns, which obviously right now they don't, Uh, then what is Rollins fighting for? Raw is without a champion. Roman Reigns rarely appears on Monday nights. Last week was one of the rare times he's even on the show, let alone wrestle. When was the last time Roman Reigns wrestled on Monday Night Raw? The U.S. title is the de facto top championship now on Monday nights. So Rollins, it made sense for him to be in that hunt, but now it just feels like he's, he's, you know, overstayed his welcome. He should be doing more. When Cody wins the championship, it's only natural to come back to Cody and Rollins for the top title. Not right away. I wouldn't do that right away. First feud coming out of WrestleMania if Cody wins the title at WrestleMania. And it's not a guarantee that he will. I think he will. But it is not a guarantee that Cody Rhodes is going to win at WrestleMania. They could very well want to get to that thousand day mark, which isn't until the end of May with Roman Reigns as the champion. There's always that possibility. I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. But let's say Cody does, right? He wins the championship at WrestleMania. 
Cody and Rollins could be a SummerSlam main event or co-main event. You could do the match there. With Rollins trying to avenge all the losses that he took to Cody last year, and you get him back into the world championship picture. Uh, And then, assuming they do split the belts after WrestleMania, which they absolutely should, draft or no draft, they should be splitting the title shortly after WrestleMania. Champion on Raw, champion on SmackDown. You have Cody on Raw doing his thing. Over on SmackDown, and it, it it may take the rest of the year, it may happen in the summer, but that Universal Championship is going to belong to Gunther. You can let Gunther do his thing at the top of the card on SmackDown. Once he sheds the Intercontinental title, Sheamus has his moment at WrestleMania, he'll be free and clear. You could build him up into Universal title contention. Doesn't have to be Cody and Gunther. Again, he could do his thing on Raw, and he could do his thing on SmackDown. It's perfect. We have Candice LeRae with Mia Yim. They can call her Mee-Chin all they want to. Mia Yim. In the corner of Candice LeRae against Io Sky, who had Bailey and Dakota Kai in her corner. These two had a great match uh, years ago. I think it was about four years ago now. Uh, at TakeOver in Toronto. Great match. This was not that. Uh, a minute in, they did a picture-in-picture to show Dave Batista's new Knock at the Cabin movie, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's coming out on Friday. Uh, boy, they had they had a ton of ads for this movie all over this show. So in the middle of this match, they cut to a trailer for that and then came right back to the match. And then 60 seconds later, it was right back to a full commercial break. So again, uh, Hard to really get into a match like this when you're constantly going back and forth in and out of breaks. With Candice at ringside, EO hit a wild suicide dive. Uh, Candice came back with a dive of her own after that. Candice put her down with a missile drop kick, and Candice caught EO on the middle rope, hit a big German suplex from the middle rope uh, for a near fall. A little while later, EO caught Candice in the electric chair position, which Candice countered into a Poison Rana. Lorraine put Sky on the ropes and joined her, but Io shoved her off to the mat. She tried for her moonsault. Candice got her knees up. Candice then caught her with an inside cradle. She had the visual pin, uh, but the referee was distracted by Bailey and Dakota Kai outside. Mia eventually walked out. Eventually, she sauntered over to the heels outside the ring. She didn't really do a whole hell of a lot to help her friend out here, but eventually she walked around to the other side of the ring to confront Bailey. And to confront Dakota, uh, once the referee saw the cradle, EO then kicked out at two. Candice followed with a code breaker. Bailey then distracted Candice, who was then rolled up and pinned by EO. Uh, hated the finish. Terrible finish. Second half of the match was better than the first half. Uh, but honestly, if you want to see what these two are capable of, you need to go find their match from TakeOver Toronto. Uh, what I do remember about that is it stole the show. That was my match of the night when I talked about it on the podcast at the time. And this is going back to 2019 now, TakeOver Toronto. They stole the show that night. That's not what this was. Then it was time for Rhea Ripley to make her choice. Rhea Ripley, the winner of the 2023 Women's Royal Rumble match. Out to the ring to make her choice. Which champion would she be challenging at WrestleMania this year? So she had the ring all to herself. 
No other members of Judgment Day. It was just Rhea. Rhea said that she outlasted 29 other women from the number one spot to win the Royal Rumble, and now she gets to choose the champion that she is going to face at WrestleMania. Three years ago, as soon as she said three years ago, I already knew who the choice was. Three years ago, she was 24 years old, just getting started, and she was the NXT Women's Champion. And she challenged Charlotte Flair to a match. And at WrestleMania that year, Charlotte put her in her place. Funny thing about Charlotte, she says, is that she's always somehow in the title picture. And she hates to give her credit, but she seems to get better each year. She said the normal flow in WWE is that Charlotte Flair is at the top, but she's the disruptor. She doesn't like the natural formula. And she doesn't like things being overplayed. So Charlotte, I advise you to enjoy everyone bowing down to the Queen because they're about to rise to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. She puts Charlotte in her place. She said, Charlotte Flair, I choose you. What is she, Pikachu? Charlotte Flair, I choose you, she said. Uh, I remember that match well. That match was supposed to take place at Raymond James Stadium. And instead it took place inside of an empty warehouse. In front of no fans. And Rhea Ripley lost her NXT championship and she wasn't the same after that. And it took her a very, very long time. Honestly, not until she joined the Judgment Day and went heel. Up until that point, whatever they had her doing, the tag team with Nikki Cross, all of it was all bullshit. It was all bullshit. She was like a rudderless ship until she joined the Judgment Day and pledged her allegiance and went heel. And ever since then, she has been one of the shining stars on Monday nights. And so now the the, the story, obviously the history is there. The story is there. Uh, The redemption arc. For Rhea, three years later, coming back around to Charlotte Flair. This time she's going to try to one-up her and try to get her revenge. Uh, and assuming that's the, the the plan, and it better fucking be, I'm okay with that. The match I wanted to see was Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. And that was right there for them. The match was right there for them. Uh, they didn't take it. They're going in a different direction. It's not the match I would have uh, planned to do. But if they do this right, with the correct outcome, because we know these two can have a good match. We've seen them have good matches. In fact, that match, even though it was in an empty warehouse, was actually a very good match that they had. An excellent match at WrestleMania 36. Now they're going to be in front of a stadium full of thousands of people. Rhea has more experience now than she did then. She's more comfortable in her own skin than she was back then. This is a different Rhea Ripley than the one who went into the PC that day at WrestleMania. So they have the potential to go out there and blow away the match they had back then. If the outcome here is what it should be, then this could be a great way to kind of close that chapter of the story and have Rhea get her revenge and win the championship. Any other outcome to this is bogus. Any other outcome to this is booking malpractice. So as long as they do the right thing, and this is a Charlotte Flair-Rhea Ripley match booked under Triple H, whereas previously it was a match booked by Vince McMahon. 
So I have hope that this time they'll get it right. And if that's the case, then I don't have an issue with that. What does it mean for the Judgment Day, though? Because Rhea Ripley is part of this faction that is a part of Monday Night Raw. And so, yeah, I wrote down here, what does that mean for the Judgment Day if she wins? You know, I was thinking, if there is a draft after WrestleMania, and what's the fucking point of even having one? My God, we have an Elimination Chamber match to crown a number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship with two women from SmackDown. We have Raquel and Liv Morgan, who are in the match. So why even fucking bother with a draft? But if they have one, and we don't know that they will, uh, then they could always move the entire group, I guess, over to the blue brand because Rhea Ripley is part of the Judgment Day, you know, and I don't want to see that end just because she chooses to go after a title on a different brand. I would hate to think that that would be the end of Rhea Ripley and the Judgment Day. So as long as they, you know, where one goes, the others go, uh, then I think that's fine. But uh, yeah, it's not as if, you know, we, we keep talking about a draft. I mean, does it even matter? It really doesn't. It really doesn't. We're only 40 away from our like skull. That's awesome. So keep hitting that thumbs up button for me. You know who I give a thumbs up to? Kathy Kelly. Absolutely. Kathy Kelly was backstage with Seth Rollins. Said he's going to beat five other dudes inside the chamber and take the U.S. title back from Austin Theory. He was acting like a clown here in this segment. Kathy asked him about Logan Paul eliminating him from the Royal Rumble match, and then we got said clown. Oh, we got said clown Seth Rollins, and then he walked off. So there you go. Just to let you know that what we had at the Royal Rumble with Rollins being eliminated by Logan Paul, that wasn't just a one-off. This is building to something. It's building to WrestleMania. It could be building to a United States Championship match if Rollins wins that chamber match. Always possible. We got our second elimination chamber. We have three of these things on the show tonight. Again, when there are stakes on the line, it does get you at least a little bit more invested. It depends on who's involved. Case in point, this next match here. But uh, that's one of the things I liked about the show tonight. Like I said, everything felt like it had a purpose, which is not always the case on these Raw shows. Uh, but it does help pass the time a little bit better when when there are stakes uh, that are on the line. So we got our second Elimination Chamber qualifying match of the night with Johnny Gargano and his bland entrance music against Boring Corbin, who's just bland. Dexter Loomis was in Johnny's corner. Corbin was in control until Gargano hit a slingshot spear. And a pair of super kicks for a two count. Corbin came back with a deep six for a near fall. And Gargano avoided a charge. So Corbin went shoulder first into the ring post. And Corbin fell out of the ring. Gargano followed with a suicide dive. JBL was outside. So JBL was in uh, Corbin's corner, as he is every week. And he was all pissed off at Johnny Gargano. And he was, you know, making like maybe he was going to stop Gargano from climbing you know, back into the ring, when all of a sudden, Dexter Loomis walked over. And Dexter Loomis pulls an axe out from underneath his shirt. This guy just, he just randomly walks around with a hatchet. So he pulls an axe out from underneath his shirt, and he put the axe 
through JBL's hat, which was on the announce desk. It was not on his head. I should probably I should probably clarify when I say that. Although that would have been fucking cool. But no, the hat was not on JBL's head at the time. It was sitting on the announce desk. So JBL fell on his ass and he's, you know, he's acting all afraid. In the ring, Gargano rolled up Corbin for the surprise pin to advance to the chamber. So we got another roll-up finish here on this show. Uh, you know, wh- what more can you say? It was, it was a Baron Corbin match. Right? I mean, what, what else is, uh, is there to say? We got a VIP lounge segment with MVP and his uh, guest was the United States champion, Austin Theory. Theory uh, threw some shade early on at MVP by telling him that he used to watch the VIP lounge when he was a little kid, when he was just a little boy. He would watch MVP on TV. He told MVP he wanted to help make the VIP lounge relevant again, so first thing he did was suggest the name VIP Lounge Live. Uh, then he changed it to Austin Theory Live. MVP turned the focus on Theory entering the Elimination Chamber match. He reminded us that Brock Lesnar F5'd him off the top of one of the pods last year inside the chamber. Yet here he stands. He says no amount of aggression can stop him. MVP said that he liked what Theory was saying, and he was once himself a young, brash United States champion. In fact, he pointed out that many years ago in an Elimination Chamber match, and I actually, I, I have no memory of this, uh, but he did claim that The Undertaker did the same thing to him, that The Undertaker threw him off the top of one of the pods. Again, I have no recollection of this at all, but he claims it happened, so I'll take his word for it. But I would love to know, what, what year was that? What year is MVP referencing? It's got to be, it's got to be like 2008, 2009, probably something like that. MVP said that he also knew that Theory was afraid and he wasn't showing it. And then he warned him that you never know who might end up in the match. And Theory wondered if that was a threat. MVP spoke about Bobby Lashley potentially being inside the chamber. Theory said that he already beat Lashley twice. Said Lashley was not going to be in the chamber. So it was 2008. I, I figured it was. I figured it was somewhere, somewhere in that range. 2008. Okay, so Undertaker probably won, right? And that's how we got the match with Edge of WrestleMania. I'm assuming. So MVP said that he and Lashley, they're no longer business partners, so he doesn't want to speak on on Lashley's behalf. Uh, But Theory should be worried about his health. Theory said MVP ought to be worried about his own health and Lashley's health. Everybody knows Lashley as MVP's meal ticket, said that his meal ticket was about to be eaten up by Brock Lesnar. That brought out Bobby Lashley, who was in his gear, was ready to wrestle. He came down to the ring. MVP tried to talk him down. He was the only thing separating Lashley from from Austin Theory. Austin Theory kept running his mouth. He told Lashley, listen to your daddy. And at that point, you could see MVP throw his hands up like, all right. And... He let Lashley go, and so Lashley went right after Theory and roughed him up. He went to go give him a spear. Theory, though, pulled MVP into the line of fire, and he took a weak-looking spear. But he he sold it like 
I mean, he sold it. I, I don't know. He sold it like he was having a, an appendicitis attack. He was rolling around, writhing on the ground. And Theory ran away. So Lashley looked down at MVP as the segment, uh, as they cut away. Uh, he was looking down at MVP on the mat, and he had this look of regret on his face. So this really wasn't much of a segment, honestly. Um, if there is going to be a Hurt Business reunion, it looks like it's going to uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a while. It's going to have to make some amends before that could happen. And so they're taking their time with it, if it happens. It certainly, a couple of weeks ago, it looked like it was inevitable. Now, who knows? But if we are going to get some kind of Hurt Business reunion, uh, maybe it happens. Look, you know, we know Lashley is going to have another match with Brock Lesnar. It may not be at the Chamber. I think that's the WrestleMania match. So either leading into WrestleMania or perhaps at WrestleMania, maybe that's when we see a, a reunion happen. Maybe Lashley, you know, he gets some reinforcements against Brock. So I think if it does happen, we're going to have to wait. Uh, a little bit longer to get there. After the break, everyone's favorite, The Miz, was in the ring. Already in the ring. And he was on the mic. He was very upset about his treatment at Raw 30 last week. He was very upset about his treatment in the Royal Rumble match this year, where he was the first man eliminated. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the Miz demanded to be treated with respect. Adam Pierce, the MVP of WWE, the true MVP, not the one that had the appendicitis attack in the ring in the previous segment. Adam Pierce comes out and he interrupts and he said that Miz wants an opportunity. Well, it just so happens that I have a man who has been banging on my door, looking for an opportunity. And ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to the newest member of the Monday Night Raw roster, and his name is Rick Boogs. And out comes Rick Boogs. He's doing air drums. He did that for the entire match. He's doing air drums, right? He's all hyped up, you know, 10 cups of coffee before he comes out, just like the Rick Boogs of old on SmackDown. Boogs comes out. And this was his first appearance, if you remember, since he suffered that knee injury uh, at WrestleMania. That was last year. It was him and Nakamura against the Usos. Tried to pick up both Usos on his shoulders. His knee gave out. It buckled. Uh, it was, you know, it was a sad injury because on that stage, for for something like that to happen at WrestleMania, I think that was the opening match. Uh, it was a tough spot, and it was a pretty bad injury. But now he's back after almost a year. And he's got tassels now. Just like the Ultimate Warrior or Kerry Von Erich. He's got the tassels attached to the tops of his boots. So that's part of his new ring gear now. 
Miz argued that he was in a $10,000 double-breasted suit that uh, his double-breasted wife bought for him, so he couldn't possibly wrestle. He's not ready to wrestle. Pierce sent a referee down to make it official. Miz tried to bail. Boogs, though, brought him back inside, and he beat him quickly with a press slam. And uh, so ends the Nakamura booze. Booze? Nakamura Boogs. I think I'm on the booze. So ends the combo, the tag team, the alliance, the partnership of Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, which was over, but it's for the better. Shinsuke Nakamura is not doing anything at the moment on TV, but if he is to be used again, it should be as a single. Uh, I will not cry over the fact that we no longer have a Rick Boogs, Shinsuke Nakamura tag team. So I think that's for the better. Backstage, we saw Chad Gable and Otis walking down the hallway, and they walked right past the Maximum Male models. Maxine Dupree, Mansois, Masse. They go walking by. And uh, Mason Mansour, they see, I, I have to assume they're talking about Otis and not Gable. And they talk about how uh, they find him disgusting and grotesque. But Maxine has a different view. Maxine says, he's perfect thought to myself, uh-oh, I don't like where this is headed. Now, Otis, we've seen Otis, go back to the Mandy Rose stuff, right? We've seen Otis do comedy. Otis, Otis can be very entertaining. I like Otis. So maybe it ends up being entertaining, possibly. I will keep an open mind on this. I have seen some of the Maximum Male Model skits uh, that they do. It's pretty much just exclusively now on YouTube. And I've, I've seen some of them. Some of them have uh, popped up for me when, I, when I'm on the WWE YouTube channel. And some of them are actually entertaining. Because now they've just embraced the fact that this thing is nothing but just pure comedy. It's not meant to be taken seriously. And they can get, probably get away with things more on, on uh, YouTube than they can having it written for them on TV. What they probably come up with on their own in this YouTube shit is... I'm sure better than whatever would be written for them to do on uh, SmackDown or on Raw. So we'll see where this goes, but uh, it could definitely go down a bad path. I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried, but if anybody can make it work, I think Otis can make it work. So they recap the entire Bloodline angle. They showed it. They showed the whole angle from the end of uh, Royal Rumble on Saturday. And we were told to tune into SmackDown on Friday night to find out what's next for the Bloodline. What a tease. Nothing nothing new at all. Nothing new at all. Just a tease for SmackDown on Friday night. It's almost like they want people to tune into their show on Friday. What a concept. I'm shocked by this. Bailey was out next by herself, and she had a microphone. And she was very proud of eliminating Becky Lynch from the Royal Rumble match. Becky Lynch came out on stage. She told Bailey to shut up, called her a stupid fool. Lynch said that they were not done until the man says that they're done. I saw Ric Flair, by the way, at Raw 30 last week, claimed that he went and he went to go find Becky Lynch so that he could apologize to her. He apologized to Becky Lynch for all the comments that he made about her last year and all the stuff about the man and you're, you're you're taking my trademark away from me you think you're the man you're not the man and you know you know how insecure Ric Flair can be 
So he claims he went over to apologize to Becky Lynch. He, he was the bigger man. So I assume Becky accepted his apology and then, of course, he, uh, he went off to the bar to uh, spend the rest of his night. So Becky said that she's already won the Royal Rumble once before. She didn't really care so much about going in there and losing because so long as she prevented the three of them from winning. Which is a pretty shitty thing to say. I've already won it before. I didn't really care. <laughs> That's something a heel would say. Like, of course you care. You should absolutely care. If it were me, I would want to win the Royal Rumble every year. Fuck everybody else. You're competing for a championship main event at WrestleMania. Why would you not want to win the Royal Rumble? She can pretend all she wants to. We see right through it. That's what she claimed. Bailey accused Becky of making excuses, which she absolutely was. Becky said robbing the fans of a cage match last week is making excuses. And she accused Bailey of a three-on-one, uh, all the three-on-one attacks because she's afraid of facing her in a one-on-one match. Bailey said Becky has to make everything about her. And then, because Becky or uh, Bailey was wearing shades, at that point, she took off her glasses and she got serious. And she said, she called her Rebecca. She said, I don't like you, Rebecca. I think you're overrated. You're not even good enough for your husband, Seth Rollins. The only reason that he married you is because he knocked you up. I thought, that's ice cold. On the woman's birthday. Today was Becky Lynch's birthday. And uh, this woman is out here making comments like this on her birthday. Becky said that uh, here this entire time, I thought we were just fighting over wrestling. But whatever this bitterness is that you have towards me, It all started 10 years ago in Orlando in NXT. So she said, what say you next week? Raw just so happens to be in Orlando. We have ourselves the match that we were supposed to have last week. You and me inside a steel cage. Bailey refused. Becky said, I thought you might say that. I'll be right back. And Becky went to the back. She came back out, dragging Dakota Kai who had her uh, leg trapped in a chair. Becky took the chair, and she was threatening to smash her leg with the chair until Bailey, or unless Bailey, accepted her challenge. Bailey got out of the ring, and she's all the way at the other, you know, end of the aisle by the ring. Becky's on stage. And Bailey is, is, you know, looking concerned, and Becky's about to smash Dakota's leg, and and Bailey says, okay, 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 I accept. I accept. You've got your match. And I thought, well, that's interesting because, you know, here I thought Bailey was just, you know, being the heel that she is, using these two. But she showed genuine concern here for Dakota Kai. So she accepted the match. And then Becky said, you might want to check on uh, Eosky in the back. We never did find out what happened to Eosky. That was the end of the segment. So at least we're going to get the cage match that they promised us last week. They're going to do it next week instead. The uh, report is that Becky was supposed to win that match. So we'll see if they stick to the same booking or if they change things up. Backstage, guess who? Guess who? It was Adam Pearce. Adam Pearce said he had a couple of big announcements. One was that the cage match was official for next week between Becky and Bailey. Thank you. Thank you very much, Captain Obvious. The other one is that there would be not one, but two Elimination Chamber matches this year. We know about the U.S. Championship one. He said the other one was going to be 
to crown a number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship now that Rhea Ripley has chosen Charlotte Flair. The first four spots have already been filled in the women's chamber with the final four women who were in the Royal Rumble match this year. That includes Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and Asuka with qualifiers to come for the final two spots. Next week on Raw, we're getting a fatal four-way match. The winner of that match will qualify for one of those spots. And in the fatal four-way, it will be Mia Yim. It will be Candice LeRae. It will be Piper Niven. No more Dewdrop. If you missed the Royal Rumble, Dewdrop is dead. Long live Piper Niven. So it'll be her or the returning Carmella. And that is the fatal four-way for next week. That's how they'll fill that spot. But that leaves one spot open. And I am hoping, I am hoping against hope, that it is not filled by Ronda Rousey. Uh, I have a feeling it might be. See, what I would do, here's what I think would make sense. And they didn't say anything about this, but we have a cage match next week between Becky and Bailey, both of whom are on Monday Night Raw, both of whom have no obvious path to WrestleMania. And you know Becky more so than Bailey. They're going to want her to be in a big match at WrestleMania. So it would only make sense for that last spot to be filled by the winner of the cage match next week between Becky and Bailey. I don't know if that's what they're going to do, uh, but that would be the call that I would make. That would seem to make the most sense. Becky wins, and you get her you know, some more uh, star power there inside the women's chamber uh, at the next pay-per-view. As far as who should be challenging Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, I think it should be Asuka. If they're not going to do Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, I think the match should be Bianca Belair against the Murder Clown. If they want to add Becky and make it a triple threat, I mean, you could do that. I don't see a need to really convolute things, but I I legitimately don't see another match for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. You're not going to have a WrestleMania two nights and not have a big match for Becky Lynch. She's the top star in your women's division. And we heard all these reports weeks and weeks ago that Becky and Ronda, it's not happening. And really, at this point, why would it? There's no heat for it. All the heat that there was and the excitement that there was for Becky and Ronda, that was four years ago. Right? That was four years ago now. It's gone, especially after this last run that Ronda had. Is anybody else excited? I mean, is there anybody left who's excited? To see Becky Lynch against Ronda Rousey? So I'm not sure what you do with Becky, unless, frankly, you you either have her challenging Bianca, which has been done before. If the match is Becky and Bianca, then it has to end with Bianca turning heel, whether she loses the championship or uh, or she retains, but it wouldn't make sense for her to retain and go heel. It would make more sense for her to lose, you know, one year after winning it. And then go heel. Because I think Bianca Belair is due for a heel turn. She's starting to get very stale. So they could go that way. But you're still doing Becky and Bianca. Which is a match that's been done many times already. Including last year's WrestleMania. So we'll see how they fill that final spot. But that was not the end of the segment. Because Chelsea Green walked in. Chelsea Green made her return to uh, WWE. At the uh, Royal Rumble. She was in there for five seconds. They gave her the Bushwhacker elimination this year. She was in, she was out. The only thing she didn't do was do the Bushwhacker march to the back. That would have been great. 
She could have come down to the ring like this. She gets dumped down. I think Rhea was the one who eliminated her. Lands on her feet and just marches to the back. <laughs> there it is. You may as well just go all the way with it. Just give her the whole Bushwhacker Luke elimination. So she walked in. She asked Adam Pierce, are you the manager? She says, uh, I wanted to talk to the manager about the accommodations. She said that Chelsea Green is back. Where's the, the private room? Where's the private dressing room? Where's the Swiss chocolate? Adam Pierce went off with her to go find her Swiss chocolate. You know, the hot mess character really worked for her in Impact. I said this during the Rumble review. I think it could work for her in WWE. There was a uh, a post-show promo they put up on YouTube where she was acting all crazy. I didn't really get eliminated. I'm going to, you know, I don't know if she said she's going to sue them or I'm going to sue you and sue you or whatever. She was acting all crazy. This this wasn't so much her acting crazy. This was just her acting all stuck up. Uh, but I think if they go that route, it worked once before. She played that character very well. I think something similar could work here in this company as well. We got our third and final for the night. Elimination Chamber qualifying match. This one was between Dolph Ziggler and Bronson Reed. And we got footage from earlier today of Mustafa Ali. He was interrupting a backstage Dolph Ziggler promo. Once again, pointing out that Ziggler is having an opportunity handed to him. How about that? And Corey Graves made a comment when they came back on commentary. He says, you know, Mustafa Ali has turned into the most annoying person on this show. And I thought to myself, he's right. He is fucking annoying. I hope that's the point. (laughs) I would hope that's the point of this. Because if not, he's pretty fucking annoying. So Ziggler jumped out to a quick start. Reed knocked him down, took control of the match. Ziggler came back with a DDT, got a near fall. Ziggler followed up with a zigzag for another near fall. That was one near fall too many. I can understand the zigzag. Like that I get, because that's his finish. And I think you want to show Bronson Reed kicking out of this guy's finish. Say what you want about Ziggler. He's still former world champion. He's won all these accolades, money in the bank, all that stuff. Having Bronson Reed kick out of his finish, uh, or one of his finishes, I guess you could say the Famouser is another one, but uh, I'm okay with that. But like two near falls here? I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I would have had him fucking wreck this guy. Uh, The match didn't go long anyway. It was fine, but I I wouldn't have done two near falls here. So Reed rallied with a powerbomb. And then, my favorite part, of all the Bronson Reed matches, he went up top. And he hit his big tsunami splash. Love it. Love the tsunami splash. He comes down with all that force, with all that weight. It's a devastating fucking finish. It looks great. A lot of people use top rope splashes, frog splashes. Montez Ford gets all the height on his. But there's nobody right now in this company who comes down with as much force and makes it look as devastating and brutal as Bronson Reed does. And so he finished off Dolph Ziggler. And I will tell you that I think of all the Triple H... Uh, hires or rehires, the people that he's brought back. Uh, So far, and he hasn't had that many matches, but so far, Bronson Reed is the one that has been the most successful. Because Triple H brought back a lot of people. This is the one that I've enjoyed the most. And we're just getting started with this guy. He squashed a few people on TV. 
Now he's going to the elimination chamber. Now he's going to be in the chamber match. He could very well win. I don't think he will. If I were booking this, I would put the belt on this guy, and I'd be giving him the monster push on Monday Night Raw. If it's me, Bronson Reed is going over and winning the U.S. title at the Elimination Chamber. Because like I said, Austin Theory, if he's wrestling John Cena at WrestleMania, he don't need that U.S. title. And I think Seth Rollins is going to be off doing something with Logan Paul. And that could be a U.S. title match also, but again, it doesn't have to be. But I'm all in on Bronson Reed. And strapping the rocket to this guy as far as the, the monster push that they give people sometimes, right? Give him the monster push. He's been very impressive with what little we've seen from him so far. Kathy Kelly was in the back, and she interviewed Carmella. First time in seven months. Uh, she was interrupted by Asuka. And this was this was weird, because Asuka walked up. It's not very often we see Asuka not only with no face paint, but street clothes. And she had these uh, red, like, uh, red glitter gloves that were, you know, on her hands. But just wearing basic clothes, and she walked in. She didn't say anything. She wasn't dancing around like a clown. She wasn't, you know, screaming in Japanese, and she wasn't smiling, and she wasn't dancing. And Carmella was about to blow her off, but Asuka smiled. Asuka smirked at her, and she had blue goo, not blue chew, blue goo all over her teeth. Like she had just put her face in the toilet bowl or something. And Carmella was completely grossed out by this. And she walked off. And Asuka began, like blue goo, began dripping down her chin onto her chest as she smiled. I hereby dub thee the Asuka drip. And then they cut back to the announcers who were all freaked out by what they just saw. So we go back to a different part of the locker room area. Rick Boogs was celebrating his return with the Street Profits. Elias was there as well. He didn't look overly enthusiastic, but he, come to think of it, I don't know why he was standing there. <laughs> the Street Profits were very happy to see Rick Boogs. Elias was standing there like, you know, he was kind of nonplussed by the whole thing. Byron Saxton <clears throat> asked Boogs how it felt to be back, and he screamed. So then he calmed down a little. And he said that being back in front of the WWE Universe, he says it's electric. He says it's been a long road to recovery, but it is official. Rick Boogs is back. And Montez Ford said, tonight, we're going to take you out on the town. And off he went to go get ready. They were going to take him out. Byron said that next Monday, the Street Profits and Elias, all three of them, are going to have an opportunity to qualify for the United States Championship Chamber match. He said that it will be Angelo Dawkins one-on-one -on -one with Damian Priest. Montez Ford is going to wrestle Elias, which is interesting. I mean, it's basically, I mean, come on. It's basically an automatic, it's an automatic buy from Montez Ford into the Chamber match. So I'm looking at these matches. Damian Priest is not losing to Angelo Dawkins, but I cannot imagine that Montez Ford loses to Elias. So it looks like Priest is going to be in and Montez Ford is going to be in. And I think that's very interesting, you know, giving Montez Ford some of that single spotlight, which I think is a sign of what's to come in, in the not-too-distant future. In fact, this year, I think it'll happen. Uh, so he's going to very likely 
uh, end up with that spot in the chamber match. And, you know, if you force me to make an early pick for this year's men's money in the bank, Montez Ford would be on my list. I, I would not pick Montez Ford to win. Uh, my early pick, if you if you ask me who do I think right now, and it's still very early, we don't, you know, I, I, when is money in the bag? It's July, but uh, L.A. Knight would be my pick to win. But Montez Ford would be in the conversation. If I were booking it, Montez Ford will be in the Money in the Bank match. So I think that uh, him being in this chamber match is a sign of what's to come later this year. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I will say, though, the best thing to happen to Elias, I, I think, in the end, will be Rick Boogs coming back and being on Monday Night Raw. Now, maybe they'll have a match, maybe they'll feud at first, but I think ultimately this is going to be a new tag team. It will give Elias something to do. So Elias should be very grateful that Rick Boogs is on Raw, because I think the two of them, they're going to end up together. So instead of Elias hanging out with Matt Riddle and his bong and banging his bong, he's going to be doing shit with Rick Boogs. They're going to be singing, they're going to be air guitaring or air drumming or whatever whatever the hell it is. He was air drumming all night long. They're going to be a new tag team. You watch. Now, late in the show, they put a graphic up on screen, and they were promoting that Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, after her win over Alexa Bliss at the Royal Rumble, was going to be here tonight for a promo. We were going to hear from the champion. And then we did not hear from the champion. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if this is going to end up being an angle where Alexa Bliss attacked her. Probably not. I think it just got cut for time. And I said at the beginning of the stream, it's bad look. It's bad look. After they cut the... Steel cage match with the women last week. Now they cut the segment with the Raw Women's Champion. Three hours. Why are you even cutting stuff on this show? What what ran long tonight that something would have been cut? That's why I said I'm not sure if maybe this is going to end up being part of an angle. Uh, I don't think it will, but I guess we'll we'll wait and see. But we did not hear from Bianca. We did not see her on the show. The main event was Cody Rhodes against Finn Balor. First time ever. Balor was working over Cody's surgically repaired tit. I mean Peck. Rhodes hit a superplex following the final ad break. They exchanged punches until Rhodes uh, hit him with a Cody cutter for two. Big pop, too, for the Cody cutter. Can't be, though. It can't be. Because some people on the internet told me that Cody Rhodes is not over. So maybe, maybe they piped in the reaction. I don't know. I could see people clapping, though. Kind of strange. Balor countered a crossroads attempt with a sling blade. Cody came back with a super kick for two. The Judgment Day surrounded Cody 
after Balor kicked him out of the ring, and this is where Edge came back. This time he came down the steps through the crowd. He knocked down Priest. He gave Dominic a spear. Rhea Ripley attacked Edge. That brought out Beth Phoenix from the back. And she speared Ripley the same way that she did at the Royal Rumble. In the ring, Balor hit a shotgun dropkick. He went to the top, but he got distracted by Edge jumping up on the apron. Uh, That gave Cody enough time to avoid the coup de grace. Rhodes gave Balor not one, not two, but three consecutive crossroads. And he pinned him. And the crowd was into the finish. And they popped for Cody's win. And then Cody, he kind of flashed a, a salute to Edge and Beth. And Edge gave him one back from afar to close out the show. So this felt to me like this was setting up a six-person tag for Elimination Chamber. This is probably going to be something for Cody uh, and Rhea to do before they get to their big matches at WrestleMania. It'd probably be Cody, Edge, and Beth against Balor, Priest, and or it, it could be Dominic if Priest gets into the... Ch- Actually, you know what? If Priest is going to qualify for the Chamber, then it would be Balor, Dominic, and Rhea. And so I see that being the... Uh, potential match for a little because they're going to want to have Cody on that show in some way and Rhea and if they're not doing Rhea and Beth one-on-one then this is the likely uh, outcome here so when the show was over I liked it I thought it was a good show I enjoyed it more than last week again everything felt like it had a purpose Uh, I enjoyed you know there's no match that stands out like a great match you have to go out of your way to see the main event I thought was good the Rollins match with Gable was good Uh, nothing blow away but you know everything made sense Bronson Reed, they're continuing to build him bit by bit. We have a bunch of people now who have qualified for the Chamber. Uh, They're going to make us wait until Friday to get more clarity on this whole situation with the bloodline, which is fine. and It's probably smart on uh, on their part. I did see the Jey Uso Instagram post yesterday where he just said, I'm out. Very vague. Vague enough to, you know... Kind of give you a sense, oh, is he out of the bloodline? But he didn't say he was out of the bloodline, right? That's why you got to tune in. You got to tune into SmackDown to find out. Uh, But I like this edition of Raw. Let's see if you did. Uh, You did. 65.7% thumbs up. 23% thumbs in the middle. And uh, roughly 11% thumbs down. So again, go ahead and vote uh, at Solomonster. And uh, another reason that you should go follow me at Solomonster, if you want to win, potentially win a free FOCO bobblehead. FOCO has a whole line. That's F-O-C-O. A whole line of WWE bobbleheads on their website. Uh, they've got a bunch of them that are sold out and back-ordered and uh, you know, pre-order coming soon. There's a cool one, a DX one, with Shawn Michaels and Triple H on a, on a tank. Uh, and it, it's sold out right now. It's very popular. But if you want to win one, go to my Twitter page, at Solomonster. Uh, I tweeted earlier today. Go find the tweet. It'll give you all the instructions on what you need to do to enter the contest. And I'm going to be picking a winner at random in the next few days. So if you want to get in on that bobblehead contest, go bobble your way over to Twitter, at Solomonster. And uh, perhaps, perhaps you will end up with your very own DX bobblehead. Uh, Peter Quartieri with a 999. The rumble was epic the other night. He says, what's up all? The rumble finish was epic. The rumble pay-per-view was not, but the rumble finish was epic. 
Uh, we have naughty, delicious chicken with flavor. I am in love with the Sami Zayn bloodline storyline. In my opinion, one of the best WWE storylines in company history. Easily, yeah. Uh, easily. That's yeah, funny. I, I said the other night, it's the best storyline that WWE has produced in two decades. I had one person who I, I believe is a member here on the channel. I don't remember who it was, but they were like, well... You may be reaching when you say two decades. And I said, I, first of all, I don't reach. Uh, but I said, name me another one. Think back over the past two decades, right? The Daniel Bryan one stands out, even though they kind of fell ass backwards into that one. But uh, as great as that one was, and you could probably come up with other really good ones. I said, name me another one from the last 20 years. He couldn't do it. So, well, that's why I said it. You know, but it, it absolutely is one of the very best stories this company has ever told. Uh, Aussie of Steel, Mike Rome is not my favorite, but I love the way he says the American nightmare. Yeah, he says he says it uh, pretty well. It's 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 everyone has their signature. I feel like for him, that's kind of his. You know? There was a way Justin Roberts used to announce John Cena, which a lot of people hated. Uh, but he would announce John Cena a certain way and The Undertaker a certain way. Everybody kind of has their their signature. Tony Chimble, right? When Edge would come out, he was the rated R superstar, right? So that was, that was that's what he did. That's what Chimble that's what Chimble was known for. That's what Tony Chimble did. I don't think Chimble works there anymore. But that's what Chimble did. Uh, Justin Logue, Asuka got hot. Me likey. Apparently she got so hot that Justin can't speak. Uh, Schwartzy with the three bucks. Solo, hope you get some rest. Uh, you got some rest. I, I got a little bit of rest. I didn't get nearly as much as I, I needed to. How great would a two-hour Raw be? I would pay USA Network a monthly fee to drop that brutal third hour. May the Schwartz be with you. It would be quite good. Uh, Nick Grosso with the 1999. What happened? Oh, this is the one. This this is the one right here. This is the one that scared me before I went live. What happened to that Bianca Belair segment we were supposed to get? Did they just forget? Not a fan of Rhea choosing Charlotte, but I understand why they did it. And for Bianca, I want to see her face murder, clown, Asuka, and nothing. I agree. Justin Jack with the two bucks. Monday Night Raw or a winged dragon of Raw. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't don't start channeling your inner inner uh, Luis here. Winters Paul. It's amazing how having one top guy changes the feeling of an entire show. Plus, the women got plenty of TV time, and Carmella is back. Great show tonight. We are almost at 500 likes. You guys are killing it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Grimsley with the five bucks. Let Becky Bailey have 25 plus minutes. Give them Asuka or give Asuka the raw title for a really good run. Always listening on Spotify, but I managed to sneak in tonight. Well, Grimsley, I'm glad you're here tonight. Hopefully you can sneak in a little more often. We're here three times a week every week, except this week. 
There will be no stream on Friday night. No SmackDown review this week. I have uh, House of Glory obligations on Friday night. But we'll be back next week. Grimsley also says, Fabulomos. Oh, sorry. F-A-B-U-L... F-A-B-U-L... I can't even spell. F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Boy, you, he's a big Carmella fan, huh? F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Rodimus Pry. Oh, there she is. The lovely Katrina. In that super job. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Ding, 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 indeed. We just hit 500 likes. You guys are beasts. Let's do 550. Uh, Rodimus says, an okay show tonight, but with Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania coming up, everything is looking good. So far, so good. EJ Slamp, I broke up a fist fight between two coaches after a first grade basketball game at work the other day, and unlike Tony Khan, my boss actually punished them. Boy, they really take that stuff seriously, don't they? If you're a coach, you should never get into a fist fight over a first grade basketball game. If you get into a fist fight over a first grade basketball game, your priorities are fucked. Queen Fire Panda with the $10 super chat. Where are all my Omos fans? Omo sapiens, please stand up and make your voices heard. That better not become a thing. Justin, you're late. You're late. EJ Slim forgot to send this during the Rumble stream that I prefer horses with glasses named Hardy over country singers with glasses named Hardy. Well, EJ, you have very good taste. I will tell you. I wish that everybody would prefer horses named Hardy with glasses. In fact, I hear there's a children's book on Amazon right now called The Adventure of Hardy the Horse that would be right up your alley. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, David Fields. Is that Joe? Oh, our boy JM. Look at this. Our boy JM is chiming. He's been a channel member. He's been a Sound of Legend for 15 months. Although he's got a ways to go before he catches Roman Reigns in the run that he's on. But uh, he's just getting ready to go to work. I'm doing very well, JM. I'm glad you can join us. Uh, David Fields, do you think Sammy and Owens against the Usos have a chance to main event night one of WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, they have a chance, but I I think it's going to be Charlotte and and Rhea Ripley. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like to me. I think they're going to give it to them. Jesus Gomez, $10 Super Chat. Been a fan since Super Showdown 2020, although I just lurk and watch due to not having anything interesting to say. Got a job interview tomorrow. I'm nervous about it. Been unemployed since October. Well, Jesus, I think you're going to do just fine. Everybody's nervous. I haven't been on a job interview in many, many years, but uh, your nerves will, will go away. They'll settle and uh, I, I believe that everything is going to be just fine. I believe in you, Jesus. I do. 
I think you're going to kill it. I don't know what the job is. I don't know if you want to share that with the industry is or anything like that, but I think you're going to do just fine. I'm rooting for you. Thank you for the love. Grimsley, Ray should have used a condom. That's a that's a Paul Heyman esque super chat right there. Zachariah with the nineteen ninety nine. I was at the show tonight. The smart marks who say Cody ain't over enough to defeat Roman are full of it. The building was electric for him. Keep up the good work, Solomon Monster Mazel Tov. Hey, uh, here I here I thought that boy WWE must be piping in the noise because I had a few people on the internet tell me that Cody ain't over. That he's a, a mid-card jobber at best. They said he wasn't over in AEW either. Is it possible these people are actually wrong and have no fucking idea what they're talking about? That couldn't be possible. That couldn't be possible at all. Rizzo. My God, that damn Bane voice. I'm playing Manhunt and I got the lights off listening to the stream and I hear that super chat and <laughs> scream. It is a little unnerving. Uh, Thomas, I agree about Gable. should be used better. HBKC83. So while listening to the podcast on Sunday night at work, I noticed sirens in the background. What the hell is going on out there in Brooklyn? You don't want to know. If it's not sirens, it's an airplane overhead because JFK Airport's not that far from here. If it's not that, it's dogs barking. It's always something. I just want to live in an underground bunker. That's what I want. I want an underground soundproof bunker. And I could just sit there. I probably don't get good internet down there, but if I had a, a soundproof underground bunker, I could just sit down there and record and stream and do everything I need to do. That would make me happy. Uh, Slipper House, extra, extra. Long live Pastor Solomon. Or why is Chelsea Green doing a Karen character? Bailey is doing it naturally already. Slim Yoshi with the 10 bucks. I see Triple H hasn't forgiven Vince for making the wrong call at WrestleMania. Good on him for righting the wrong. As for Becky, the only thing I see for her at WrestleMania is a third match with Bailey. Yeah, I hadn't considered that, but I suppose they could drag this out to a third match. I guess we'll see what happens in the cage match next week. There's, there's got to be a reason to run that back. And WrestleMania, you know, it's still two months away. So can they keep this interesting long enough? That would be my question. I don't know. Dr. Dakota Scorpio, months ago I said Ali is like an annoying internet troll that won't go away. My super chat has aged well so far. It has aged well, just like me. And Asuka. Uh, Who's going to be the heel for Charlotte and Rhea? To the crowd? I think we already know the answer to that question. Uh, DEH Sires, per Fightful, Bianca promo was an error. That's even worse. What kind of Mickey Mouse operation are they running in that truck? Uh, Pillow v. Pillow, do you think Steve Austin would have been as over if he drank White Claws instead of beers? I think to that audience back then, Steve Austin, if you had him out there drinking fucking milk, he would have been over all the same. DEH. 
Did you catch Roman telling Solo at the end of the Royal Rumble, we are at war? I did. He said, we are at war. And uh, he was talking only to Solo, though, not to Jimmy Uso, which was very interesting. He said, we'll take no prisoners. Uh, Veneer Roman Reigns is another man compared to 2015 Roman. I said that was the first thing I noticed when Roman came back in 2020. Everybody said he's got new teeth. So yes, veneer Roman Reigns is better than non-veneer. Veneer Roman Reigns is better than the blue-eye contact Roman Reigns. It's been an incredible transformation. Uh, Brumakian Productions. Thank you for the two bucks, Brumakian. I hope you're having a good night. Merlot Williams. Just finished your Royal Rumble review from last night. Gonna have to catch the replay for this one. Showing love for all your work. And rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Hashtag Demboys. King Bling Blah. Hey Siri, tell me a joke. You see, I turned it off. So my watch doesn't go off anymore. I'd be doing the podcast. I'd be in the middle of a, a just a great like rant or in the, in the middle of a, just a great speech about something and I would say the wrong word. I'd be talking about Alexa or something and my fucking watch would go off. It would ruin the whole thing. So I said, I'm turning it off. No more. Uh, Jamin John, Robert Downey's quote from Tropic Thunder describes MJF's gimmick. He's a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. All right, dude. Fire Panda, thank you for the two bucks. Oh my goodness. And Sam Dankman Weed is Cat's Deli, the Sparrows of Delicata. How dare you? Cat's Deli. Sparrows ain't got nothing on Cat's Deli. I mean, you're, it's like comparing Taco Bell to fucking Filet Mignon from uh, Wolfgang Puck Steakhouse or something. I, <clears throat> I don't know why. I don't know why you would even make that comparison. been a while since I had anything from Cat's Deli, but Cat's Deli is the shit. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say about that. Hey, Kevin Dunn, thank you. Tell her I'm flattered. Uh, Nick, yeah, I mean, I watched it before I did the podcast yesterday. Uh, if you missed it, Jay Briscoe's funeral was live streamed online. You can find it. It's archived online. Uh, it's a very good, sad, obviously, but a very, um, you know, very good service. Mark Briscoe, I thought, did, you know, an incredible job with his speech. No notes, no preparation, just speaking off the cuff and from the heart about his brother and who he really was. And uh, if you didn't see any of it, at least the, at least the Mark Briscoe speech, um, you should make some time to go find that and check that out. It's the uh, the Laurel School District. And there's more than one Laurel School District. It's the one in Delaware. So you may have to search. Uh, but if you type in Jamin Pugh, uh, P-U-G-H, um, it's archived. The whole ceremony's up on, on uh, YouTube. And obviously a lot of friends and family there and people from the local community, but also a lot of wrestlers there. Uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Tony Khan, Chris Jericho. Uh, a lot of Ring of Honor people were there, obviously. Adam Cole, Britt Baker. I mean, there's a huge turnout uh, for the service. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Food Hive says, uh, you're still alive. LOL. Yeah, somehow. I don't know how. I don't know how. That was a rough night. That's why I hate Saturday pay-per-views. I just, you know, when you have a podcast to do the next day, I know, I know most people love Saturday pay-per-views and I get it. There was a time when I would have loved them. When you have a long show like that, it is fucking brutal. Like I'm already dreading the AEW pay-per-view. Like it's weird. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm dreading it all at the same time. It's just when, when they go so late like that, it's just. It just wrecks me for the for the next day and a half. But uh, you know me, we're not going to have a Sunday go by with no pay per view. Anyway, uh, thank you for helping me smash the like goal. The goal tonight was four hundred, and uh, we are currently over five thirty, which is awesome. So uh, every time you guys hit the like button. It uh, helps the video out a lot. It really does make a difference. It's not a vanity thing. It gets us into the algorithm and people search out for raw reviews and wrestling videos. This one will pop up. So uh, thank you again for that. But because we smashed our goal, it is that time of night. So let's get right into it and let us be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. Well, if WWE is not going to put Bianca on TV, I'll put her here in the thumbnail for Be the Booker. I just gave you more Bianca Belair than they did tonight. There you go. The EST. It'll be the EST and the Murder Clown at WrestleMania. All right, so let's uh, begin here with the men. This is the final Be the Booker for the month of January. This has been a horrendous month. Of be the booker. If this if this was a real territory, I would have booked this territory out of existence. So I would love to say that we will end on a high note here, but I'm a little afraid. So let's see how this goes. We begin. Jesus Christ. Why why even bother at this point? Let me just wrap this thing up right here and now. May Young's hand. Look at this fucking geek. May Young's hand. It's unbelievable. I've, I've never had a month this bad before. It's just amazing. May Young's hand against the immortal Hulk Hogan. God, I love that belt. There it is, the classic winged eagle. If Cody Rhodes wins the championship and brings back that, he'll be my new favorite wrestler. It'll never happen, but uh, one can dream. They love their big logo belts. What can I say? Every time there's a... You'll see the when, uh, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. 
WWE is going to send their big giant logo belts to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to send one to Patrick Mahomes. They love their logo belts. All right, so on the women's side here, we begin with Kelly Kelly. I can see this is already going in a, uh, a great direction here. <laughs> Kelly Kelly. Have you taken on? Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know what what level of hell this match would be taking place in. Kelly Kelly and Lacey Von Erich. Easy on the eyes. Two, two very beautiful women, don't get me wrong. But you stick them in the ring for a wrestling match. I mean, that's like the seventh circle of hell. I'm just, I'm speechless at how awful this is. <laughs> just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Let's try tag teams. We begin with, all right, here we go. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. We begin with FTR. Look at them, draped in gold here. Ring of Honor tag team titles, AAA mega belts. Of course, they have no titles left now, but FTR had their best year in 2022. Surely this is going to be a bell and not a buzzer. FTR and the natural disaster. You know what? Fuck you. Giving this a bell. I liked the natural disasters as a kid. Look at those belts. Come to think of it, all the old belts are better than the current belts. Why are the current belts so inferior to the old designs? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I had a friend of mine who commented, uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago or something. He doesn't even watch wrestling anymore. And uh, even he commented, he said, what happened to the belts? I go, what do you mean? He goes, they used to look so much better. I said, I know. Music used to be better. They've got to bring back Jim Johnston. Just bring back, just bring everything back. Can we do that? Can we bring everything back? The Shockmaster, yes. Oh, Uncle Fred. Fire Panda, thank you for the uh, three bucks. Near with a super chat. Says, uh, tough times over here these days. Pray for peace. I'm, I'm, Thinking about your brother. Every time I hear a story like that, I always think about you. So uh, hopefully you stay safe. Food Hive. In the words of George Costanza, you, you completely butchered, by the way, the spelling of Costanza. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> anyway, George Costanza. Be the booker has hand, he says. And uh, SNK fan 01. Montez and Bianca should join the Hurt Business. They don't need to join the Hurt Business. I think the two of them could be a great heel combo one day. They don't need to join another faction. I think they'd be fine on their own. Well, it's been a very uh it's been a very busy week. So I want to thank everybody who has supported all the streams last week, the Royal Rumble, Raw tonight. Again, this is the final stream here for January. Uh we're gonna kick things off on we're going to kick things off on Wednesday uh, with AEW Dynamite. No SmackDown stream on Friday night. 
Uh, we got House of Glory at the NYC Arena. Uh, I will be doing that. And then back with you uh, for all the usual streams the following week. If you missed episode 793, it went up very late yesterday, but it is up. Well over 90 minutes. Uh, talking Royal Rumble Fallout and a bunch of other stuff. So definitely go ahead and check out the podcast. Uh, Food Hive says, uh, please make that a Food Hive Super Chat. We'll see. I've had I've had five different times that I have people going, make that a Super Chat, make that a Super Chat. I don't mark any of this down. So you're going to make me go back through the video and see what the hell you guys are talking about. Uh, Sam says, does Vinny, Rue, and Cornette get the bell? Oh, of course. Of course. If I ever landed on, on Vinny, Rue, and Cornette, see, that's a match I would pay to see. I would pay good money to see that match. Preferably in a cage with weapons hanging from the side of it. You kidding me? I'd pay good money to see that. I'd pay money to see. That's the one time I would watch that stupid Dana White slap fight show. If you put Vinny Rue and Cornette face-to-face on Power Slap, I would watch that. Wait, Bliss Fan, Bliss Fan is, still, is still going off on the Alexa Bliss. Bliss Fan has been just absolutely out of control all night long. He has been in such a funk and a depression since Saturday. I'm a little worried about you, Bliss fan. I need you back here next week. I need you to be okay. I need you to be stable. I feel like if I ever if I ever walked into Bliss fan's home, there would be you know, it would be like a darkened room with candles everywhere, and there would be Alexa Bliss photos all over the place. It'd be all over the walls, and some Bray Wyatt puppet dolls over here, and I'm worried about you. But in a weird way, I, I respect I respect how how consistent that he is. There's a certain respect, I think, that, that needs to be shown here. Uh SNK says, tell Master P to sign you to a record deal. And uh Food Hive says, This motherfucker just roasted me in a song. I hate it here. Oh, you love it. Please. You love it. You know it. <laughs> Wellness check on Bliss Fan. Yeah, we, we got to make sure Bliss Fan is okay. Bliss Fan will be back here for AW Dynamite. Hey, you know what, Bliss Fan? Look, if Alexa Bliss ends up uh, not liking her booking and her contract runs out, we may see Alexa Bliss on AW Dynamite. Would you watch AEW every week if Alexa was on AEW? She would have a different name. That's the question I have. Would you still follow Alexa if she went somewhere else? If Alexa Bliss went to uh, stardom, would you follow Alexa Bliss in stardom? If we if we had Julia one-on-one with Alexa Bliss, would that what kind of match would that be? I feel like those women would break her in half in the first 10 seconds of the match. Bliss against Britt Baker. Sounds like a five-star match. Alexa Bliss against the Mercedes Monet. I'm still flabbergasted that uh, they're having that battle in the Valley the same night, same time as Elimination Chamber. 
because I, I want to see that show, and I don't know when I'll get to see it, because obviously I'm not watching that Battle in the Valley live, so what a, what a fucking fail that is, putting that on the same night. I don't know what they were thinking. Turtlehead says, uh, I missed Maze the Great's question. Maze the Great? Did I? Well, let's see. Before I get out of here, I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Let's see. Maze the Great. You better be talking about a super chat, too. Not not the green box. The green box is not a super chat. Those, I, I can't see all those. But uh, I did not see a super chat here. No, I don't see anything from Maze the Great. So uh, you may have been referring to one of the the uh, member-only messages. That's that's in a different window. I don't have them in the same window. So I usually read those after the fact. Whatever I miss there, I read those after the fact. But Maze, I love you, brother. It's a green box. Yeah, it's a green box. So again, green boxes, <clears throat> I catch those when I can, but the green boxes, those are those are... Uh, member messages. Those are not super chats. So that when you I put the super chats on the screen and you see the column, that's what I'm reading from. Those don't go in there. That's why that's why those don't uh, always get read. Sam Dankman Weed, Alexa is the wish version of Liv Morgan. And uh, Rizzo says, what dummy did that? I would watch that as well, but not over Elimination Chamber. Talk to New Japan. They booked the show. It's a New Japan show, so you can put the blame on them. All right, so Mays says, buy or sell. Who is the better wrestler despite their personal problems? Perk Angle or Douche Michaels from 96-97? Uh, I mean, if we're talking at that time, I, I think uh, Michael, 97 Michaels was untouchable. And I love Kurt Angle, but nine, 97 Michaels, uh, whatever he was on, uh, was untouchable that year. He was on another level from everybody else. Uh, the U.S. title that Theory is holding looks nicer than the two that Roman had. I, I think the U.S. belt now is too big. Uh, it doesn't look bad. I just think it's 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 a little too big. You know, the main title. I get the main titles being the biggest, physically biggest belts. Uh, I think the U.S. is too big. Jade Cargill would destroy Alexa. Uh, Jade Cargill, she's like three times the size of Alexa Bliss. She's she's a bodybuilder. I would expect her to break Alexa in half. Perk Angle was just a different kind of crazy. I've told you the story, the Impact show I went to here in New York, and I got in the ring. When the show was over and I got to meet Kurt, we got a Polaroid and all that. It was a good gimmick they had going at the time. And it's just, it's the 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 far off kind of distant look in his eyes. It was kind of scary, to be honest with you. And he wrestled a good match with Christian that night. 
you know, think of all the matches that he went in there and had during that run. Just excellent matches. But it just looked like he just wasn't all there. Uh, it's, you know, it's amazing how he was able to operate like that. And uh, Sam says, 2005 laryngitis Kurt was underrated. 2005 is when he had the matches with Shawn Michaels, including the WrestleMania match. One of the best Mania matches of all time. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt also, at that time, Kurt was on another level. He was, he was incredible. Kurt, Kurt's one of the goats for sure. Uh, Deputy Dog, probably not until 2K23 comes out. I feel like we're too far, I don't know, I feel like we're too far removed from the 2K22 gamers and 2K23 is going to be out probably in like a month or six weeks. And uh, if it's out for for PC and Steam, I'm going to pick it up. So Uh, I'm waiting to see if uh, the new 2K23 game is going to be on PC when it first comes out. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, the last two and Elimination Chamber match, last two in the Elimination Chamber match. Well, I mean, unless they shoot some kind of an angle, we already have the final two that are going to qualify next week, and neither one of them are in the match. So why would Brock be in a U.S. title chamber match? That doesn't make any sense. Unless he's winning it, which he definitely does not need to do. Uh, I don't think you are uh, correct there. Salamaster is a PC guy. I've always been a PC guy. I don't I don't own any consoles of my own, so it's not like I have one that I can connect. It's either on PC or it's not. Very simple. Same thing with Fight Forever. When Fight Forever comes out, which it looks like might be around May or June, uh, if it's for PC, I'll definitely pick it up. You know, we'll do a gamer on that, see how fun that game is. If you guys want more gamer content. You know what I always wanted to do? Gamer content for? Uh, and I actually lied when I said I don't have any consoles. It's just that uh, I I bought it, and uh, I haven't played it in a while, but uh, Mario Kart. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch. That's why I bought the Switch. And this was a few years ago. And uh, I love Mario Kart. And I was, I was like looking for ways for me to somehow connect it to the uh, computer so I can... I can stream gameplay and I just wasn't able to figure out a way to do it. So if I ever, if I ever did figure out an easy way to do it, uh, I might add that gameplay too, but I'm sorry, Mario Kart. Here we go again. Mario Kart. Jesus. You know what? I I will not allow you to bully me. Uh, Griga, thank you for the two bucks. If you're going to bully me, I'm going to leave. Griga, thank you for the two bucks. I'm going to head out. Uh, Thank you again for all the love tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday night. We'll be talking AEW Dynamite as we uh, kick off the month of February. So be well, stay safe, and I will see you guys back here for the Dynamite stream on Wednesday night.